So, Caitlin, who are we canceling today? We are going to cancel the a-hole fans who parachute in whenever, like, a women's sports story pops up and they can butt their nose in on it. But they're not really fans. So, so like, this asshole right here on this side of the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Not you, Oliver, not you. (laughs) Well, that's a relief. I would like to not be canceled today. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I'm Caitlin Burns. And I am Oliver Ashkline. And you're listening to Cancel Me Daddy. The show where we take a closer look at all of the panic around cancel culture. With thoughtful analysis. And verbal shitposting. So, Oliver. <laughs> uh-huh. This episode happens to be a week late. Uh, do you want to tell our listeners why? Because you've been working on some very exciting things, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, it is very exciting. I'm still working on it, so it's still. It, it, I have I have not been released from the anti-trans hate machine. I am still still deep within <laughs> it. Um, but I have been working on the second season of the anti-trans hate machine, Auto Against Equality, and we have released the first three episodes. Um, And this season is about how anti-trans disinformation spreads from the right wing to uh, the the mainstream. And I think we've been seeing a lot of that. Uh, Our season focuses Mm -hmm. largely on some of the social contagion, rapid onset gender dysphoria stuff. Um, And I think it's really interesting. So if, you know, um, that won't hurt your brain too bad, because I know we live in hell and a lot of y'all are trans and, you know... um, that, that's a lot. So, um, but if you're interested in that and it's not too much, uh, definitely encourage you to take a listen. And if not, um, that's totally reasonable. Take care of yourself. Yeah. So we apologize for being a week late with this one. And then going forward, we're just going to continue with our every other week schedule. We won't have an episode next week. We'll have one the following week. We have a very exciting show today. We have my friend Lindsay D'Arcangelo on to talk about the really over-the-top and, frankly, racist reaction to some of the happenings from the Women's College Basketball National Championship game last week. And we had a really enjoyable conversation. I hope you all like it. Joining us today is Lindsay D'Arcangelo, Women's College Basketball Writer for The Athletic. And uh, I'm really excited to speak with Lindsay, um, who... I've known online for uh, quite a few years now, um, but this is actually our first time uh, talking to each other over video. So, Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Yeah, it's been, we've known each other for years now since that, uh, uh, it was like a women's sports group, I think, on Facebook when we all connected. Yeah. I mean, is that group still going? I don't think I'm in it anymore. I don't know if I am either. I haven't checked in a while, but now I'm curious and I'm going to have to Yeah, I'm going to go look it up after <laughs> this. Um, so the reason we wanted to have you on is the Women's National Championship basketball game took place on Sunday afternoon. And there was sort of an incident that ended up going viral or a couple incidences um so for those of us who aren't terminally online or like really into sports can you just sort of give us the tldr of what happened in the game on sunday 
Yeah, so pretty much it was the NCAA Women's uh, Tournament Championship game, mm-hmm. uh, LSU versus Iowa. And both teams have very fiery individual superstars who are very emotionally charged when they play. They get really hyped up. It's, it's mm-hmm. fun to watch. They get the crowd into it and all of that. Well, on Iowa, the player is Caitlin Clark. Uh, mm-hmm. You may or may not have heard her name. It's been around a lot. She's just a very exciting uh, player and, and very talented in women's college basketball right now. And then for LSU, it's Angel Reese. And you could mm-hmm. say the same thing. Uh, probably have heard uh, her name as well. Another very exciting player to watch. And and as I said, you know, they're both emotionally charged. They both really get into the game. and They like to trash talk a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of the game, when when it seemed that LSU pretty much had it wrapped up, Caitlin Clark er, earlier in the tournament had, had done some gestures, um, kind of the hand over the face. Who's that wrestler who does it? Um, I'm Cena. Yeah, John Cena, you know, that yeah. you can't see me over the face. Caitlin had, had done that in the past. So towards the end of the game, as the clock was winding down, uh, Angel Reese did it towards Caitlin, mm-hmm. but and also pointed to her, her ring finger as if to say, we're getting a ring, you know, we just won. And it was caught on camera. And mm-hmm. it, like you said, it it went viral. Um, it was shown on SportsCenter. It was pretty much all anyone could talk about, you know, Forget how good the game was because right. th- that narrative totally got lost and this became yeah. a focus of taunting. I mean, th- there were so many people commenting on this. I saw like Keith Olbermann, you know, jumped into this and he hasn't been a sports guy for years. So that was like kind of annoying. And you had all the sort of worst people on the Internet uh, jumping on this. You know, Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports, who is uh I don't want to make any comment because my mom said, if you don't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. Um, you know, uh, just all, all of these people jumping on uh, Reese's case for this. But why do you think it is that so many people who seemingly don't really follow women's basketball saw this clip and decided to comment on it? Oof. Obviously, race plays plays a role in it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think black women, especially athletes are portrayed as, you know, there's, there's certain verbiage you could use there as just, you know, um, hardcore, like rough around the edges, mm-hmm. thuggish, you know, use, use what any, any word you want to throw in there that's racially charged. And you see this, this player, and the clip that they showed was so pared down that all you see is her doing the taunt, mm-hmm. right? So people who didn't even watch the game, didn't even see, you know, anything else transpires, automatically thought, like, this girl just thinks she's the shit. And how, you know, words like classless were used and um, to describe her actions. And, and, and the things people were saying, especially, and it was, a lot, it was mostly men, mm-hmm. um, the words they were using to describe this 20 year old, 20 year old female black athlete were disgusting. Yeah. Just, just flat out from just off the cuff, not knowing a thing about her. That to me was chilling. Mm -hmm. Like this young woman is getting all this vitriol um, from, from people who, especially personalities, you know, who are on Twitter with large followings who should know better. 
Um, Portnoy, it's just ironic because for him to call somebody classless is the irony. I don't think was lost on it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's ever had class. But anyway, I don't want to turn this into a uh, barstool show for sure. Uh, (laughs) But. Uh, you also saw pushback, particularly from Black Twitter. You saw Shaq sort of jump in the mentions of, uh, I think it was Keith Olbermann, um, to push back on this. And of course, it, it always seems like whenever something like this happens, it's always, you know, Black Twitter that that bears the burden of trying to protect the person being attacked, you know, answer the the questions for like the neutrals and then also sort of clap back against the trolls i'm curious what the reaction has been inside the world of women's college basketball to all of this just that these people had no no room to talk and like no standing to comment on on a player they probably hadn't watched once all season or know anything about commenting on women's basketball off the cuff, making that the central point um, of the championship game. I mean, all of it, Chantel Jennings wrote a great column about this in uh, the athletic. And I know there, there are many others who, who, who wrote about it or, or tweeted about it, like how just ridiculous the the whole scenario was Mm -hmm. um, to comment on. Um, And then, it forced the players themselves to have to talk about it. You know, Angel was asked about it in the post-game conference, I think. And she was forced to to take time out of her enjoyment of winning a national title as a sophomore after transferring mm-hmm. to, to have to answer that, to take the attention away from that was unfair to her. And then on Caitlin's side, I, I think Caitlin was on ESPN recently for for being announced that she was the player of the year they asked they they asked her about it and then just narrowed it down to just that clip and just her answer Mm. about you know what she thought about it and again it's just it puts the players themselves as young as they are in positions that they shouldn't be put in in the first place and this is all due to you know public reaction um over over something that you know overshadowed what they accomplished overall yeah and even the white house sort of got pulled into this controversy um i think it was uh first lady joe biden came out and said well we're gonna invite both iowa and lsu to the white house to celebrate and like that uh rubs me the wrong way as a sports fan because Going to the White House after you win a championship is really, uh, uh, I think, an interesting and fun tradition. Although it was a little weird in the in the Trump years when he was serving McDonald's to <laughs> to people. <laughs> um, but I saw today that the LSU came out and said we're not going to the White House after all of that. So, what do you make of all of that? It was odd, right? I mean, like you said, it's been this tradition where, you know, everyone from the Super Bowl winning team to uh, the NBA champions, to the men's college basketball champions to the women's, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's been this long held tradition that the winner, that was a cool thing they would get to do is be invited to, you know, come hang out, whatever. Um, and to sort of, 
give Iowa a nod, like, oh, hey, you can come too. First of all, that's insulting to Iowa, just, you know, mm-hmm. just as much as it is to LSU. And I believe Iowa was like, yeah, we don't want any part of that either. Yeah. Like, like, what do you, what do you do? What are you doing? Really? Like, first of all, why are you like weighing in on it in that way? And in, in, in second, like, it's just, it's insulting to both programs. It was just silly. It was just another silly thing to add on to this. Through a lot of this discourse, you know, there's a lot of vitriol for, for Reese, which we already talked about, but also, uh, there's a lot of portrayal uh, of Clark as like the victim in all of this. Um, do you feel like there was some coddling of Caitlin because she is white, a white player? I think that definitely plays a role into it. I mean, to sit here and say that it doesn't would, would be naive. Um, mm-hmm. I tweeted earlier, maybe a couple weeks before this, because I, I have seen criticism of Caitlin mm-hmm. and Reese. And I, I made uh, a tweet just about how this is who they are as players. This is who they have always been. Do not tell, mm-hmm. telling them to, to try to temper their emotional fires, like telling a lion not to roar. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody quote tweeted me and um, just asked, you know, yes, this is true, but don't, can't you agree? Or don't you think that Angel gets it more because of being a black woman? And I said, yes, definitely. While I have seen criticism of both, I've seen more towards Angel and the verbiage used to describe it and the amount she gets and just the attitude towards her is definitely decidedly different. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the other thing I wanted to touch on just real quick, going back to why people who don't even watch women's college basketball were commenting on this this is who Angel is as a player. Like this isn't mm-hmm. something she just decided to do in the national title game. Like if you yeah. watched her throughout this year, this is how she plays. You know, she, she talks shit, but she backs up her words with her play. And yeah. if you notice, if you've seen it, like she doesn't do it. If like LSU is losing or if she's not playing mm-hmm. well, like she does it when there's this emotional like part of the game going on where she's charged up and she's just feeling it and and she's going to let you know about it. Um, there was one point in the season where she blocked somebody going in for a shot with one, wearing one shoe. One of her shoe came came off and she picked up her shoe. I saw the clip on that. That's unreal. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. And that's who she is as a player. And it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. Women's college basketball needs it. They need this these kinds of players. Um, so if you knew that and you saw this clip, you'd be like, yeah, it's angel doing her thing. Um, yeah. and that's, and that's part of it too, that people were just commenting off the cuff without even knowing who she is. Yeah. I mean, we talked about, uh, the, the race side of this, but there's also like a gender thing to all of this also, because you mentioned like even Clark has been criticized for, you know, being so in your face and, um, and obviously Reese has as well. But like, I remember growing up, you know, watching Dikembe Mutombo. Every time he got a block, he would like wag his finger in somebody's <laughs> face. And it was very famous. In fact, uh, I think it's still in a television commercial um, for I don't remember which product. Uh, but it's, it was like his thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and part of me like watches all of this and I'm like, all of this stuff is encouraged in male athletes. And it's never encouraged in female athletes. 
Um, you know, you might have situations where like this, where one player is, is being sort of criticized for it and another player is being defended in the public discourse. But like this plays into so many like gender stereotypes also um, that go along with all of this. What are your feelings about that? Oh, I could spend a whole podcast (laughs) itself on that for sure. Like here's the catch 22, right? The, the complaint about women's basketball, the overall prevailing complaint people say is it's not entertaining. It's not fun to watch. It's boring, blah, blah, blah. But then as soon as any type of excitement gets added to the game where, you know, there's some rough play or it gets chippy or there's some, there's some snipping going back and forth with trash talking or, you know, the women are super aggressive or that, you know, it's gotten more aggressive as the talent has gotten, you know, more, more people are driving to the rim dunking. It's not just played below the rim as much anymore and all of that. And then it's like, Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. You can't, you, you have to be ladylike though. You know, you have to, you can't cross that boundary where now you're too, now you're too masculine. Now you're too aggressive. Mm -hmm. We don't want to see that. So what the heck are, are women basketball players supposed to do? Um, You know, you can't have it both ways, but you know, that's been a longstanding issue for, for women athletes overall is, is, you know, trying to straddle that line between being incredible athletes and, and regarded for your talent, but at the same time, not being overly aggressive or too, mm-hmm. too masculine and male-like. Like it's, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I mean, I remember my mom telling stories, you know, she went to school in the fifties uh, basically. And she's like, yeah, like the girls played basketball, but we were playing 5v5, but you couldn't cross half court. You had to pass mm-hmm. it to another set of five players on the other side of the court. Um, so, you know, we like to tell ourselves that we've come a long way when it comes to women's sports and women's basketball, but there are some lingering, you know, uh, biases, I think, that that are still around. And this is another example of that. Um, yeah, it, and I do believe that it also played. Um, that's another aspect of this conversation between Angel and Caitlin that played a part in people's reactions. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is, uh, you know, I, I obviously follow you on Twitter, and I follow several other uh, women's sports writers, you know, women's college basketball writers, and it's my understanding that uh, viewership for women's college basketball has like never been higher. Um, so do you think this is a case where some of this stuff has always been happening, but it's just that more people are watching now and noticing? Yes. I, you know, the game has always had stars. I mean, you could go back to the mid two thousands with Diana Taurasi and then even further Mm -hmm. back with Sue Bird and, and, um, Candace Parker playing for Tennessee. Like the game (laughs) has had stars. Yeah. This is only the third year in a row that ESPN has given national airtime to every single tournament game through three years. Imagine if they had been doing that all along and also mm-hmm. putting the national championship game on ABC at three 30, not even prime time, three 30 in the afternoon, 9 million viewers. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing we people you follow, I'm sure. And as well as myself have been 
crowing about for years. Like it's always mm-hmm. for the, it's always for the networks. And I think this is just an excuse, you know, it's the chicken or the egg, you know, do, you, do we put, put it on TV and then the viewers come like, we want to wait for the viewers to come and then we'll put it on TV. Well, no, 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 no. Like make the game successful, make, give these players visibility. And then it, that's what attracts fans. Mm-hmm. Like someone, someone said to me, well, yeah, I saw, you know, Caitlin Clark, is she a driving force? Sure. But as good as she is, if you weren't able to watch her, how would you, matter. it wouldn't matter. It yeah. wouldn't matter if they didn't air the games. And, and that's the, that's been a prevailing issue. I'd be remiss if I did a, uh, an episode about women's college basketball and didn't mention my alma mater, uh, the UMass minute women who had probably their best season in history. Um, so for me personally, that sort of drew me into the women's game this year. So it was really, it was really fun to follow the tournament. I actually didn't watch any of the men's tournament, but I did follow the women's tournament. (laughs) I don't think I watched one men's college basketball game all, all year, to be honest with you. But yeah, the parody has increased. Um, you know, the stars aren't just going to one or two programs anymore with the transfer portal. People are hopping over to different schools. Star power is being more distributed um, across the women's college basketball landscape. So all of that has has increased just the the product um, itself. I wanted to talk about the sort of larger uh, online discourse meta that comes from this, the meta discussion that comes from all of this and like, as somebody who is, well, I consider you a women's college basketball like insider because <laughs> um, you're much closer to it than I am. But like, as somebody who has that perspective, like, h- how would you wish people to have reacted differently to um, the Angel Reese stuff this week? Uh, people in general or the women's basketball community? Uh, I think people in general. It's hard because this happens with anything, you know, outside of basketball, outside of sports. You see a clip. You know, and then it starts going viral on Twitter and that's all you see and you don't have any other context. You're so quick to react and, and, and quick to judge and quick to say things, <laughs> to say things. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I don't know that it has so much to do with basketball than it has to do with that. I also think it's on media companies not to put it out there in that way. Mm, yeah. There are plenty of media sites who, who pared that clip down or only tweeted certain bits or even when they quoted it with the video you know, they put certain words in there and, and that's, you have to have accountability on, on that for yourself as well. Like you want hits, you want people to watch, you want people to comment, but if you're portraying it a certain way that, that adds to the narrative. And, yeah. and, and that's something I think could be handled better. Uh, I did want to ask about, because the NCAA now has name, image, and likeness rights for players. And I know that like my alma mater, UMass, had uh, an NIL deal for the entire women's team. Um, and I know individual players are getting opportunities. But is there a world where, because of all of this uh, junk that's happened this week on social media, where... Angel Reese's name recognition goes up and maybe she benefits from it from NIL stuff or am I just totally off base with that? No, I think that has a lot to do with it. What's any, any publicity is good publicity. I Mm -hmm. think is the phrase um, or even bad publicity is good publicity. Like being in the national spotlight in, in any way, shape or form for these players helps boost their name recognition. And that plays a part. Um, 
But I also think that Reese is the type of person and personality who not only speaks her mind and speaks what she believes in, but speaks mm-hmm. up for herself. And, you know, that that is appealing to a lot of brands. Um, she already was the most out of men's and women's basketball players in college has the most mm-hmm. endorsements. So I can't imagine what is going to happen now after yeah. after that. Well, Lindsay, this has been a great discussion. We appreciate your time today. Uh, for our listeners who are interested, um, how can they find out more about your work? Yeah, so I write about uh, women's college basketball, obviously, and, and also the WNBA for the athletic and just women's sports. Um, I'm also the co-author of Hail Mary, the Rise and Fall of the National Women's Football League, um, which is available now. It just talks about the the National Women's Football League that existed in the 1970s that no one really know, no one really knows that it that it was there or that it happened. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a good read in my opinion. Um, and um, I'm on, I'm active on Twitter mostly at, at Dark Angel 21. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, first on the list, I'm not sure if our listeners can hear, but there is a dog downstairs in my apartment complex that is wailing. And so we're going to cancel this dog, but in a way that is humane and allows the dog to still exist in the apartment complex below. This this dog wails like all of the time, like like in the middle of the day, all day. You can cancel me for canceling a dog. Canceling Oliver for canceling a dog. What the hell? I know, and the dog's only officially run amok. Well, also, I just learned this dog is six months old, which is it's very reasonable for this dog to be very anxious living in an apartment (laughs) complex at six months old. So I'm a monster. I admit it. I own up to my flaws. so, so in real, real cancellations, <laughs> um, we're going to cancel nonprofits that take three months to hire. Um, that's, that's a long yeah, time. That is a very long that's time. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, I, let's cancel journalism outlets that take three months to hire also. Oh yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> um, one of our uh, listeners also wanted to cancel free meals from insurance arriving with shipping related damage. That sounds annoying. Oh, that's not cool. Canceled. Canceled. We're also going to cancel corporations who don't think they owe their employees raises commensurate with inflation. Yeah. You know, if they don't give you a raise that's uh, commensurate with inflation, then... You're making less money. They're cutting your pay and decreasing your buying power, and that's not cool at all. No, we hate it. Uh, one of our listeners wanted us to cancel people fraudulently calling word prediction algorithms artificial intelligence and also freaking out over word prediction algorithms fraudulently being called artificial intelligence. Um, so don't, I guess, don't call word prediction, excuse me, don't call word prediction algorithms artificial intelligence. But if someone does, like, don't lose your shit over it. Is that... Is that a correct interpretation, you think? Do you think we could get a sponsorship from an AI company to, like, have an algorithm creator out of context cancellations? Oh, my God. I wonder what would happen if an algorithm created some out of context cancellations for us. Hmm. I don't think so. And you know how I know? How do you know? Because in order to submit an out of context cancellation, you have to be a supporter of our Patreon at patreon.com slash cancel me daddy. <laughs> and as far as I know, 
that no AIs are uh, currently signed up for Patreon. I could be wrong. What What if they were, though? What if all of our oh out-of-context cancellations are algorithms? This is like cancelception right now in my brain. <laughs> Um, listeners, I, d- I don't think you're an AI, I promise. I'm just shit posting with my mouth. And if you are an AI, you can go to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you are an AI, I have questions. Let's talk. Um, let's see. Cancel devices that don't work fresh out of the box. Okay. Yeah, it's like the most annoying thing. Oh, you wanted to de- cancel freelancer taxes. Yeah, this is my very first... <laughs> my very first submission to um out of context cancellation because like being a freelancer and doing your taxes every april is just a gut punch so so you cancel freelance taxes and my first out of context cancellation is canceling a dog you're you're clearly a better person than i am um yeah that technically <laughs> makes me more republican than you though so i i find that particularly problematic i <laughs> I don't think canceling freelancer taxes as a journalist is Republican. Um, I'm also not looking forward to my freelancer taxes. And yeah, yeah. And like, if you're self-employed, you pay more in taxes than part-time or full-time employees. And it's nonsense Mm -hmm. because it's just nonsense. Um, No, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to doing my taxes this week. Going to be a great time. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, one of our listeners wanted to cancel utility bills and like, that's fair. We should have like utilities shouldn't be, uh, something that we have to pay for to like, we should just be allowed to have the resources that we need to survive. I don't know. (laughs) We're also going to cancel snow in April. I feel like this is going to be a spicy one for some people, but I, I stand, I like agree with it. I hate the snow. I I just want to, I just want crop top weather all year round. (laughs) Why don't you move to LA? Um, because there are a lot of trans people in New York. Oh, true. <laughs> I mean, I think there are a lot of trans people in LA, but like, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I just, I've never been to LA. So I feel like all, all the things that I know about LA are stereotypes about LA, but usually there's a reason that stereotypes exist about a place. And usually mm-hmm. they're at least a little bit true. So yeah. yeah, I'm not sure LA is for me, but maybe it is. Who knows? <laughs> um, we're going to cancel teaching people to be ultra differential and always referring to people as sir and ma'am. Um, yeah, it's really annoying. And guess what? You get it wrong sometimes. And also when you don't get it wrong, it's still weird. This is a problem in my old apartment but we're going to cancel having to wait to switch over from air conditioning to heat and vice versa. For sure. For sure. I'm here for that. Cause it's never timed well for the season. It's all like algorithmically predicted, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's never right. <laughs> yeah. Not having the right temperature in your apartment and not being able to control it. Not a good time. We're also going to cancel the Biden administration, not actually fighting for trans kids in sports. Fuck them. Yeah, that's, um, I feel like the reporting on this is missing the mark, but, uh, you know, keep your eyes peeled for something, uh, that I'm going to write on that for this week. So, um, and then lastly, we're going to cancel internet service providers being annoying and wasting your time, which seems like it's their reason to be. Yeah, I'm here for it. Let's, uh, let's get rid of that. 
And if you have something that is annoying you in your life, you can submit it to our out of context cancellations by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Yeah. And actually, I realized the other day we don't actually explain how to do out of context cancellations uh, beyond just joining our Patreon. But what you want to do is sign up for the Discord access tier on our Patreon. And then we have a channel on there that is called cancel Cancel this this. (laughs) for those of you who have been wondering about that uh, that is the very specific process to uh, submit those for this show and you can learn more about that by visiting our patreon uh, which i mentioned earlier but i'll say again patreon.com slash cancel me daddy today's show was made by me oliver ash klein and my incredible co-host caitlin burns Dee Peterschmidt made our theme song and Eden M.W. designed our graphics. Our show is made possible by the incredible cancelers supporting our work, especially the members of our Canceler Hall of Fame, with the great power to cancel all of their enemies, Meg, Dahlia, and Catherine. We appreciate your support. Happy canceling! Happy canceling!